Do you want to wake up feeling like you're stepping into who you're meant to be, into the best possible version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pedraza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Today, I am talking all about sodium. Um, I like to talk about minerals. As you know, I've had quite a few episodes of minerals. I've done some um, mineral balancing challenges and all that, but I'm spe- I specifically want to talk about sodium today because I think sodium like carbs, has gotten a bad rap um, for, well, I mean, I feel like forever now. Uh, We hear a lot about sodium and how it causes high blood pressure, low sodium diet, cut back on the salt, blah, blah, blah. Because, um, you know, conventional wisdom, (laughs) conventional medical wisdom will tell us that sodium is the reason that we have high blood pressure, which actually just isn't the case, which I'll get to in just a second. But let's talk about sodium in and of itself first. So what is sodium? Sodium is a primary alkalizer in the body. So it is responsible for helping your body remain alkaline rather than acidic. So it's helping your body stay out of that acidic state. It's regulated by your adrenal glands. So your adrenals actually use more sodium than any other part of your body. So you can see... Now that I'm mentioning this, you can see how there is a connection between your adrenals and sodium, which means there's a connection between stress and sodium, right? Um, Sodium helps regulate the blood pressure. Um, It increases your heart rate. It's really the primary mineral used in the stress response, which is why, again, conventional medical wisdom tells us to, you know, cut back on salt for our blood pressure because it is used in the stress response. You know, when you're in a stress response, your heartbeat is elevated and it's a whole process, right? Sodium helps maintain fluid balance and pH levels in the body, which is why, you know, when you're retaining fluid, typically it's like, oh, you've had too much salt. If you get kind of puffy after you've eaten like a super salty meal or something. Um, it, It also influences stomach acid, which I find really interesting that People who have issues digesting food typically have sodium issues. Chronically low stomach acid is a really common symptom of low sodium. And I'll get to that in a second too, diving a little bit deeper there. And then sodium also influences cell membrane permeability. So allowing things to go in and out of the cells. So a big problem I see a lot of times when I'm doing an HTMA, which is hair tissue mineral analysis, on my clients is we see that's, you know, when sodium levels are super low, um, it's, it's also affecting what other things are going in and out of the cells, right? Because it's needed to help, help push things across the cell membrane. So when we're looking at sodium, believe it or not, strangely enough, whether you think this is true or not, (laughs) deficiency is way more common than excess. And I know you're probably expecting me to say the opposite, unless you've done any of my challenges, which you already know that I was going to say that, but sodium deficiency is way more common than excess. When you're looking at sodium deficiencies, now, no, I'm, I'm going to say this first. It doesn't necessarily, you don't necessarily have to have all of these symptoms that I'm about to mention. 
any of these symptoms or a combination of them could be a sign that you have sodium deficiency. But of course, you know what I'm going to say, the only way to really know if you have sodium deficiency is testing, right? You test, don't guess. But if you wanted to get an idea of if you have a sodium deficiency, you're going to experience things like allergies, um, bloating because you have low stomach acid, chronically low stomach acid is going to cause bloating because you're having a hard time breaking down your food. So you have undigested food kind of sitting in there and it's going to cause a lot of gas to build up and it's going to make you bloated. Depression, dizziness, fatigue, uh, poor protein digestion. Again, it goes back to the low HCL. Um, when you get super tired after workout or even like, um, like workout, extreme workout fatigue, right? Extreme um, feelings of fatigue after a workout. Um, like you just can't get your energy back or you just can't recover from your workouts. Um, so th- all of those are signs of low sodium. Now, yes, there is such thing as too much sodium, obviously, but it's going to be way more common to have deficiency. So let's talk about that for a second. So I mentioned before that sodium is regulated by your adrenals. Okay. So when you are in a chronically stressed state, your adrenals have to work extra hard to pump out more and more cortisol, right? Cortisol is the stress response or this is stress hormone. And so when you're in a chronically stressed state, your adrenals are working and working, working, working to pump out more and more and more cortisol. When that's the case, it's using more and more and more and more sodium. So the more stressed you are, the more sodium that your body is running through. So when you're in this straight for a chronic amount of time or chronically long period of time, you are naturally going to become deficient in sodium, especially if you're not replenishing it. And magnesium is the other thing that's going to suffer. Magnesium and sodium are strongly related related to your adrenals. Um, and again, I mentioned before that sodium is the primary mineral used in the stress response. So yeah, the more stressed you are, the more sodium you're using. So when, when I talk about replenishing sodium, I'm not just talking about eating a bunch of salty food. That's when I'm, when you're looking at, um, you know, foods that are high in sodium, that's, that's refined sodium. It's like table salt, right? So it's the equivalent, equivalent of white sugar, right? White sugar has zero minerals, zero nutritional value. And when you're looking at something like say, you know, coconut sugar or something that's less refined, like there's trace minerals involved. I'm not seeing to just eat it by the spoonful that it's super healthy, but it's a, a whole different animal than white sugar. The same thing is true for salt. Regular old table salt is the refined version of sodium. There's no other trace minerals. There's nothing else but that refined sodium that's in the salt. So when you're eating it, You're just pumping your body full of sodium, but not the other trace minerals and the other cofactors to help kind of push the sodium where it needs to go and allow your body to kind of use this balance of these trace minerals to help the sodium. So when you're looking at what the best source of sodium is for your body, you're really the best sodium or the best form of sodium is unrefined Celtic gray sea salt, white or gray. It doesn't have to be gray. It can be white, but unrefined Celtic sea salt. It comes literally straight from the sea. You want to get it unrefined, unprocessed, all of that. And typically it comes pretty coarse and it's, and you can tell even just looking in the back, like there's a, a, uh, a moisture to it, right? It's not just this, these dry little granules. There's like a moisture to it. Now you might be thinking, okay, well, what about, um, pink Himalayan sea salt? Cause I've heard that's good for you. And you hear about, you know, there's the pink Himalayan sea salt lamps and all that. Now I'm not saying, pink sea salt is bad, but 
I still highly recommend Celtic salt, sea salt over the Himalayan sea salt because the pink salt is a rock salt, which means that it, it sits in a rock so it can harbor heavy metals. And while, yes, it does have some other trace minerals in it, like, you know, like sea salt, it can harbor heavy metals. So I, I encourage you to look for the Celtic salt wherever you can. Um, some health, not all grocery stores carry it. Some health foods carry it. You can find it on Amazon, but looking for that when you can and using that as your source of sodium. Now, another way to kind of replenish your sodium levels. When I'm talking to my clients whose adrenals are really worn out, their body is really worn out. And really even just as like preventative measures, like just as a way to preserve your sodium levels and to rehydrate yourself overnight, because that's essentially what your body does overnight. It, it dehydrates itself, right? You're, you're not eating or drinking anything for eight plus hours, you know, seven, eight to 12 hours. And so your body's dehydrating itself. It's using, you know, the sodium and the minerals and all this, you know, water in your body to repair and restore and replenish. So when you wake up in the morning, you're waking up in a state of dehydration. So waking up and just guzzling a glass of water, well, yes, it's going to give you a little bit of hydration. A lot of times it can make you feel kind of like bloated and heavy, right? They call it dry sponge syndrome. You know, when you pour water in a dry sponge, when you first pour it on, it just kind of sits there on top, right? Like it takes a while for it to actually soak into the sponge. The same thing can be true when you hydrate with just water. And I'll talk about hydration in a second. But the water, the H2O, doesn't really have a, a place to like get inside of your cells. So if you've ever drank water and you've just felt like bloated right after, that's typically what happens. And that's another good sign that you are low in sodium and you need the sodium to kind of help push the water where it needs to go. So my recommendation to you is to add a little salt to your water, especially first thing in the morning, and even adding it just throughout the day. Ideally, for ideal hydration, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, for ideal hydration, you want to aim to get a fourth a teaspoon of sodium from ideally uh, just unrefined Celtic sea salt, a fourth a teaspoon for every 32 ounces that you drink, right? So if you're drinking like 64 to 100 ounces of water a day, then you want to get about a half a teaspoon. Okay, that's ideal. There are other ways you can get sodium from foods like pickled vegetables. Um, there's sauerkraut. Celery is a really um, good source of like natural sodium, celery juice, beets, artichokes. But really, it's going to take a lot of all of those to get the sodium that you really need. And I'll talk about how much in just a second. But first, I want to talk about sodium and its relation to blood pressure, because that's what we hear the most. And, you know, I tell people sometimes that they need to take, you know, add sodium, add, you know, this salt to their water. And they're like, well, what the heck? Like my blood pressure is going to be out the roof. Here's the fact. High blood pressure is not a sodium intake issue. It's a sodium retention issue. Your body is holding on to the sodium. It's not getting rid of the sodium. It's not a sodium intake issue. It's a sodium retention issue. When you lower your inflammation, when you lower your stress, your sodium levels are naturally going to adjust, right? Because your body's not having to pump out more to deal with the stress response and deal with your overworked adrenals. So rather than doctors talking to their clients or their patients about um, lowering their salt intake and all of that, what we should really be talking about is lowering inflammation 
and managing stress. That's the cause of high blood pressure. It's not sodium intake, it's inflammation and it's stress. So if we want to talk about blood pressure and how to manage blood pressure, right? So it's, you know, let's cut back on the refined foods and the processed foods. Let's eat more whole foods. Another really important mineral vitamin is going to be vitamin K. So vitamin K is actually a group of fat soluble compounds. And most of which you're going to see vitamin K1 and K2. Now K1 deficiency is extremely rare, but not getting enough K2 is actually super duper duper common. And one reason for that is that K2 isn't stored in the body for as long as other fat soluble vitamins. So vitamin A and D and E, all of those are also fat soluble vitamins, but they're stored longer than K2. Your body uses it quicker. And another reason is really, I mean, especially Americans, like we just don't eat that many K2 rich foods. It's in foods that we just we don't typically eat all the time, like organ meats, uh, fermented foods. If you eat a lot of that, then okay, you might get enough K2, but most of us just don't. Or if we do eat it, we're not necessarily eating it every day, right? Now, there's there are studies that have been done that show that about 97%, especially in this one study, 97% of the participants in this study were likely to have a K2 insufficiency. So it's a good indication that really and truly most of us are deficient in K2. And there's also evidence to show that it really, it, it, it decreases with age, especially starting around age 40. So around age 40, your levels of K2 are going to decrease even more. The reason we need K2 is for really two main things. We're looking at bone health and heart health, cardiovascular health, right? So K2 basically shuttles calcium where it needs to go in your body, which is why if you've heard me talk before about vitamin D, I tell you to never take vitamin D without vitamin K because vitamin D is going to stimulate the formation of calcium. And so there's going to be more calcium in your body and it needs to have somewhere, it needs something to help it point it where to go. K2 is what does that. It helps shuttle it where it needs to go, like your bones. Calcium is a structural mineral, so it should be in your bones and in your teeth. But if you're low in vitamin K2, instead of sending this calcium to your bones and fortifying your bones, calcium is going to build up in your bloodstream. It's going to continue to circulate and it's going to form deposits in where? Yes, your blood vessels and your arteries. So it's going to force your heart, your heart to work harder. Thus, increasing your blood pressure. So we want to look at blood pressure. Again, we're not looking directly at sodium. We need to look in other areas. K2 is a huge one. And I can guarantee you doctors aren't talking about K2 intake with their clients with high blood pressure. I can almost promise you that. So when, by reducing the risk of calcium deposits formed on your blood vessels. K2 helps keep your blood vessels pliable and flexible, right? Which helps you keep your blood pressure in a normal range. It keeps the calcium from building up in your arteries and your blood vessels. So there's, I mean, there's overwhelming evidence at what K2 does to your blood pressure. And it's just not something we're talking about. Instead, doctors want to focus on sodium and that's not even the problem, right? So so I wanted to clarify this around sodium today because we hear this so often. And when I tell you, I have yet, and I have done tons, dozens of HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis. I have yet to have a client that has excess sodium in their body. In fact, I've only had maybe, maybe two clients who have sodium where it should be. Every other client I've ever done an HTMA on 
their sodium is low. It's deficient, right? So it's, it's a lot more common to be deficient than you think. So if you're worried about your blood pressure, we need to be addressing other things. Inflammation, stress management, K2, right? We need to be sending this calcium where it needs to go is a big thing here. So I want to flip um, the script here a second and look at sodium in terms of hydration, which I mentioned. So I wanted to cover the two big topics I really want to talk about today was the blood pressure and the hydration. So when we're talking about hydration, when we're, well, when we're talking about proper hydration, <laughs> proper hydration is not just plain water. When you're, when you want to hydrate properly, you need electrolytes. So that's sodium, chloride, potassium, magnesium. You need all of those to hydrate properly. Overhydrating actually can be really harmful. And there are a lot of risks associated with overhydrating with just plain water. And, and I'll tell you, I'm guilty of this. I mean, really until I started diving into my FDN program and doing the, uh, doing the certification as an HTMA expert, um, I was guilty of doing the same thing. And then I'd be wondering why, like, man, I've been drinking water, but I just, I don't necessarily feel hydrated. I don't necessarily feel like my energy is where it should be, right? Like it, it really does affect you when you're not hydrating properly. So when you're overhydrating with just plain water, it can a dehydrate you because you're just going to pee it out. And when you pee out, what is, what is the point of your pee? The point of your urine, your pee is, is you're peeing out excess minerals, right? So you're just going to continue to pee out vitamins and minerals that your body's not using, thus dehydrating you. And you're flushing out electrolytes, right? You're flushing those out with the water. Your body's not able to hold on to them because it makes you pee all day. Um, it also can lead to low sodium levels. And I think that's a big thing for people um, when, okay, you have like this perfect storm, right? Like you're stressed. So your body's using more sodium. Your um, adrenals are like way overworked using more sodium. And then you're hydrating all day because you think you're doing a good thing by drinking water all day, but you're just drinking plain water. And so you're losing even more sodium, right? It, it's, it's just a perfect storm. And really in worst case scenarios, and this is like in the case of endurance athletes, it can kill you. Like if you're not hydrating with electrolytes and proper hydration as an endurance athlete, it really, it literally can kill you. So the solution to this, the, the way to solve this is drinking your water with salt, with salt, especially if we're looking at the Celtic sea salt, because it has those other trace minerals that is hydrating you. It's not, you're not just drinking, you know, table salt in your water. You're drinking the salt with these other trace minerals and it's hydrating you. So drinking your salt water or drinking electrolyte water first thing in the morning can replace the salt in the fluids that you lost overnight. So if you're looking for, and I'll put this in the show notes, if you're looking for a good quality electrolyte um, mix or electrolyte, what is, I guess mix is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> the brand I typically recommend is LMNT. It's a really great clean formula. It's literally, it's very salty. I'm going to tell you this, especially if you're not used to like eating a lot of salt, it is very salty. It's a thousand milligrams of salt. Um, you can just, you know, water it down more, just add more water if it's too salty for you. But once you start drinking it, you really get used to it. And they've got great flavors. It's all flavored naturally and it uses stevia. So there's no added artificial anything in it. Relight is another good brand that has a good, um, another good electrolyte mix for you. But doing this, um, even just once a day can be really supportive for you because really and truly before or after exercise, you should be drinking electrolyte water. And that's a thousand milligrams of sodium with at least 24 ounces of fluid. And for every 45 minutes of sweat loss. OK, 
Okay. So for every, I'll say it again, for every 45 minutes of sweat that you lose, you should be drinking a thousand milligrams of sodium with 24 ounces of fluid. So that's why I really like these electrolyte packs, especially the LMNT brand it has exactly a thousand milligrams of sodium. So if, you know, I've taught a couple classes or whatever, I've been sweating for a while, then I know, okay, I'll drink one of these. I'll drink another one later to really replace that. Um, it, it, and it, it really, it increases with even more intense exercise. So if you're sweating for, you know, a few hours a day, that means you need, you need a few thousand milligrams of sodium to replace that two to 5,000 milligrams of sodium is ideal for optimal health. Again, I'm not talking about sodium from processed foods like canned soup that's got like, you know, 4,000 milligrams in one can of soup. No, that's not the sodium I'm talking about, right? I'm talking about from like actual pure unrefined sea salt. Like I'm talking about the Celtic salt. Um, so, and it, it increased, so that two to 5,000 milligrams. Now this is dependent on like your body size and you know, your activity level and all that, but really this increases by a thousand milligrams for every hour of exercise. So that two to five is like baseline, like just for, for your body, because that's how much sodium your body, your adrenals and your body is using throughout the day. Now, the other thing that is going to increase your need is caffeine. Caffeine also leads to salt loss. Now I'm not, I'm not going to like totally demonize caffeine and see how terrible it is, even though I do recommend for all of my clients I work with that we get rid of caffeine because it is really hard on your adrenals. Um, but sodium does increase your need for salt. So for example, for every two cups of juice coffee, as an example, for every two cups of coffee that you have, that's 600 milligrams of sodium that you lose. And then it just increases from there. So like, you know, four cups would be 1200. So for every two cups, it's 600 milligrams. So if you're used to drinking a couple cups of coffee a day, then just know that's, you know, 600 milligrams of sodium that you're losing that you need to replenish. And, and then again, if you're exercising, if you're sweating, then it's going to increase from there. So the, the big takeaway here I want you to know is you need sodium. Your body needs sodium. Your adrenals need sodium. And, you know, talking about just, you know, going on a low sodium diet isn't really very helpful. <laughs> it's just really not. When we're talking about sodium, it's way more common to be deficient than it is to have excess sodium. And if you've got any of those symptoms I've mentioned before, chances are, especially if you could check off a few, a few of those boxes that I mentioned earlier, um, listen again and go back to the list. You, you probably have some deficiency there in sodium. So the best way to do it is using an unrefined version like Celtic sea salt. Okay. I encourage you to start your day with some salted water. And, and the other thing is um, like adding some lemon to it. And I have a lot of my clients that do that. It also makes it more palatable. I mean, let's be honest, drinking salty water is not really the most appetizing. So it makes it a little bit more palatable when you can put something like lemon in it. And the lemon is really hydrating too. And the lemon helps with liver and kidney function. It helps with um, help, you know, stable blood sugar levels, glucose levels. So there are benefits to, to, of that as well. So I usually recommend doing your salt and lemon water in the morning. Um, or you can get some of those electrolyte packets and use an, take an, drink an electrolyte packet first thing in the morning to help with your hydration. We're talking about high blood pressure. Focusing on a low sodium diet is not the way to do it. The way to focus on blood pressure is managing your stress, lowering inflammation, getting your K2 levels in the right spot, and managing all these other aspects, right? 
And then the key to proper hydration is not drinking just plain water. It's adding electrolytes. You need electrolytes. You need sodium. So drinking water or drinking salt with your water is the way to do that. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I know I've, I might've said some things that could be considered controversial in some <laughs> schools of thought. And I could be telling you some things today that you're like, what the heck? That sounds crazy. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your takeaways on this one. And I'm going to put some links in the show notes for you so you can kind of understand uh, where to get some of those good versions of the electrolytes I'm talking about. And let me know how you feel about it. And I'll see you on the next time. Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I'd love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I can know how to provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics you'd like to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Hope Pedraza, or you can visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Thanks, y'all.